When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's your favorite historical fact or story about Boston history? The Boston Tea Party, I think it was, when they dumped the tea in, uh, in the ocean. Mm-hmm. So I like that one. And because why? It's because they related to a game, Assassin's Creed. So I, I, they, they like, you know, kind of make moderate, kind of, see how it happened. I, I really liked it. So, I, you know, kind of, you know, I remembered it. Be honest with me. The first time you learned about the Boston Tea Party was it through Assassin's Creed? Oh no, okay. no, 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 it wasn't. It was during you know history class they taught it, and I thought it was like yeah, okay, that's okay. And then they made it as a little you know, game, so I was like, oh, <laughs> so okay. Previously in Greater Boston, what the hell was it? It's a huge container of molasses. We didn't have time to stop before the collision. And once I said molasses, and they thought about what had just happened at Andrew, they got fucking serious and off their asses. I'm in the real estate business, by the way. My name is Isabel Powell, and I want to be your mayor of Redline. Ethan, sweetie, pack up your robots. We're moving to Redline. Redline. Arlington, Cambridge. Jamaica Plain, Rubio, Hanson, Wellesley. Lowell. Redline. Worcester. Uh, I'm from Somerville. Peabody. Tewksbury. High Park. Roslindale. Andover. Dorchester. Framingham. This is. Lowell. This is. This is. This is. Greater Boston. This week in Greater Boston, episode 17, The Redline Tea Party. This was a deliberate and dangerous prank that put thousands of red line lives at risk and slowed commuter times beyond an unacceptable level. Rest assured, we'll find those who did this. We will exhaust every avenue, pursue every lead until we know who is responsible. And they will be punished severely. Now, I'll urge anyone with any information to come forth Charlotte, would you call this a terrorist attack? No. But some people were hurt and could have been killed. The goal was clearly to terrorize and... We don't know what the goal was, but I personally don't find molasses very terrifying. Tell that to Jack Alamante and Latavia Cussup. Both of them have broken bones in the hospital. While I feel for them and wish them a speedy recovery, none of their injuries have been directly tied to the molasses incident. What about the original molasses disaster? You didn't find that story terrifying? That was over a hundred years ago and has nothing to do with... Is it true your wife and baby were victims of the attack? Uh... We're, we're all victims of the attack. I can't make that any so clearer. So you agree that it is an attack, not just a prank? Reports have your wife Gemma and infant son traveling very close to where the train struck the molasses container. If they're not victims, I don't know who is. My wife and child are not victims. So it's true. What did they see? Is the baby okay? No more questions. Just one, one more question, one please. Don't go yet. One more question. We need your Coolidge, please. You holding up? I could use a cup of tea. You got it. Um, Chuck Octagon is here in your office. I really don't want to talk to him right now, especially after... He says it's off the record, and there's a favor he wants to ask. Do I owe him favors? He hasn't exactly been charitable to our work here. No, he hasn't been, but just because he doesn't agree with you doesn't mean that he's your enemy. His criticisms have been very professional, There are a lot of sleazy muckrakers like those creeps out there. 
ready to drag you through the mud because they don't like the color of your dress or the pet name you've chosen for your son, Octagon's not one of those. You make it sound like you have a list of every reporter who's ever been mean to me. No, I have a detailed spreadsheet of every journalist who's ever written about you at all. It's how I decide who gets access to you and how much, and which topics are on the table for which journalists, and it's how I keep the total scum out of your office entirely. I have no idea. I mean, obviously you've been managing my schedule and doing an amazing job, but I didn't realize you were corralling assholes so meticulously. It's part of my job. I'm your first line of defense. I take that very seriously. Can I be honest with you about something? Something personal? I hope so. I haven't had a lot of people I could rely on in my life. People who really looked out for me. And I think because of that, I'm sometimes a little slow to realize when I have people who do. You have a lot on your mind, legitimately. It's okay. Don't let me take you for granted. I'll try not to. But I feel I I have to say, Gemma looks out for you too. She really does. Yeah, I know. More than you know. And I realize I'm butting into some personal stuff here and maybe being presumptuous, but that's going to be part of my job too. Melissa, personal stuff is officially on the table. Between us. Deal? Deal. Good. Now, let's go see what kind of favor Chuck Octagon's looking for. Ms. Mayor. Mr. Octagon. I wanted to apologize for how I behaved during our interview. Um, Don't. We're off the record, yes? Of course. I've met quite a few reporters since taking this job. You're one of the least bothersome. You're even the least bothersome I've dealt with today. What can I do for you? I'm getting married. Oh, congratulations. Who's the lucky bride? Groom. Oh, oh, oh my god. Oh, my gaydar is seriously busted. I'm sorry. His name is Andy. Andrew Wood. What do you think sounds better from one, you know, fellow hyphenated to another? Chuck Wood Octagon or Chuck Octagon Wood? How much wood could a woodchuck chuck if an octagon could chuck wood? What? Forget it. You could always drop the octagon, maybe. Change it to Chuck Wood? Yeah, that sounds kind of newsy, doesn't it? Or wait, Charles Wood. Oh, I like that. I've always hated Charles, but with the wood added, that's not bad. Uh, Can I ask, where did octagon come from in the first place? What do you mean? It's my name. It's your given surname? Yes. Octagon? I come from a long line of proud octagons. Why? Mm, No reason. Uh, You mentioned a favor. Right. Well, we announced our nuptials at work the other day. I met Andy in the control room, and everyone is really happy for us. But my boss, he... Well, I think I told you this before. He's a bit of a dick. He wants us to get married in Redline and televise it as like a special 7 News event. Wow. Yeah. So, you want me to marry you guys in Redline? No. I want you to refuse. I don't understand. I don't want to get married in the train. I mean, don't get me wrong, you've done wonders with the place, but it's the M-fucking-BTA. I'm sure there are unclassifiable diseases down here, stuff scientists haven't even created cures for yet. Uh, you know, no offense. Hmm. Mr. Octagon. Call me Chuck, please. Or even better, call me Charles Wood. Charles. Charles Wood. Charles Wood. Uh, 
I don't think I'm in a position to refuse you. If you don't want to get married here, don't get married here. You need to tell my boss that you won't allow it. I kind of feel like it's up to you to say no to your boss. I can't. I don't think you understand how precarious my career is. I'm getting older, balder, fatter. Do you know how difficult it is to be image conscious in this city? To stand out with the constant influx of young talent with perfect, fresh, little out-of-undergrad bodies? And with all the fantastic food here? You know, they released a study. Every U.S. meal should be 30% smaller. Every one. You know how time-consuming it is to cut out 30% of every meal? You gotta measure it, proportion it, cut it, set it aside, bag it, Tupperware it, and then you're just dealing with constant, never-ending temptations. There's just countless 30% of wonderful food laying around the house. Andy does his share. He has a metabolism of a fucking hummingbird, this smug son of a bitch. Ugh. If I didn't love him so much, I'd spend all day pelting him with bagel-saurus bagels. He polishes off a baker's dozen in a single long weekend and doesn't gain an ounce. Anyway, the point is, I'm in no position to say no to my boss. So you need to do that. But for what reason? I don't care if you get married here. In fact, it would be fantastic for us. We need the business and the exposure. I, I don't know. Make it about me being gay. I'm gay. Oh, right. Well, then make it about the story I wrote about you. Take exception with the angle I took or whatever. Um, that would sound insanely petty, and I'll have created an enemy with one of the biggest news organizations in the greater Boston area. You better think of something. I'm not sure if you noticed, but I kept part of the interview out of my story. The little lottery thing you talked about creating for your residence? You have no idea what the lottery is. You panicked and came up with complete nonsense. I could have called you out on it. Dragged your name in the dirt all over town, but with all this going on, I decided to wait and see if you could help me or not. You're blackmailing me? I'm doing you a favor. And as a show of good faith, here's another one. Your little molasses disaster could have been much worse. I spoke with a witness that found a tank of molasses hooked up to the water system in Downtown Crossing. It was all set to explode sticky shit all over the damn place. Ugh. Here's her contact information. I'd talk to her if I were you. And just so we're clear, next time I find something out about your little lottery, I'm reporting on it. Favor or no favor. So I'm going through a bit of a me phase right now. You don't snore, do you? I hate snores. My ex snored. Uh, this place is pretty good, but for a novelty tea shop, their stock is you know, somewhat limited. And they prepare the tea in the most rudimentary way. I mean, you know how to properly prepare tea, don't you? You know what I mean by a me phase? Yeah, I bet you do. You got a me phase going on too, don't you? Hey, it's great to finally meet you. So right off the bat, you should know that I'm allergic to dust. If you have dust in your apartment, I will not go into your apartment. What is snoring, anyways? It's a metaphor for selfishness. You don't even know you do it. If someone tells you to stop snoring, you don't care. It's not disturbing your sleep. No, 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 no. You can't let the water come to a boil. If the temperature gets too hot, it can scorch the leaves, creating a, you know, a far more bitter taste. Do you know how pervasive dust is? It's everywhere. I can't tell you how much dust is in this restaurant right now. I need to be careful. <sighs> Like she was dreaming of cutting down trees with her nose, with her throat, with her larynx. Her voice box must have been made of barbed wire and box cutter blades. Mm, man, Stabuli and hummus plate is incredible. Yeah, I had a feeling you'd like this place. So, ever read any Ayn Rand? I... Bye. Like, I'm just taking care of me right now. And it's hard, don't you think? 
Isn't it just so hard sometimes to just sit back and think, what about me? What about what I want? I bet you think that too, right? Uh, sure, I... Right, yeah, of course you do. Dead skin cells. You know how many skin cells there are? How many of them die? They die all the time. There, you, you just scratched your nose. That's like a skin cell genocide right there. You were a god to a whole new breed of dust. They're praying to you now. Don't, no, don't order that. She, she doesn't want that. That's not good for your... You'll get really bad phlegm. Trust me. Your sinuses will go straight to hell. Get something spicy. Clear all that out. Order the chimichangas. She'll have the chimichangas. I mean, they don't even serve puar here. No gunpowder, no blue rose, no Mediterranean white. Please. I mean, what's your favorite, by the way? Um, Lipton's fine, I guess. Are you insane? So what I'm thinking is if I'm going through a me period and you're going through a me period, let's not make this complicated, right? I totally agree. Where, where are you going? You're leaving? But the chimichangas... Wait, I'm sorry. I called you insane. Wait, please. You're just going to go buy a dustbuster? Now? That's such obsolete technology. Fine. Have fun with the elliptin. He did not say that. Hand to God. I get mansplained on a regular basis, but tea? It's hot water and a bag of leaves. I just should have walked out as soon as he started talking about it. Have you thought about switching teams? I'm seriously considering it. Ugh, <laughs> oh, God. There's rat shit everywhere. I probably shouldn't have brought Monty in here. At this point, I feel like my flesh and this baby Bjorn are about to converge, forming some Nordic carrier slash mommy super hybrid. You should give yourself a break. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, when's the last time you two went out and did something baby-free? think about that a lot. For a while, I was looking for Chelmsworth with some naive thought about dragging him back because I just wanted all this to be over. I wanted to free her from it. But Charlotte doesn't want to be free. And who am I to insist that she should? I think about how irresponsible I was. Third Sight was a never-ending string of constant torment, but we were having a baby. And I let it all get to me. I got fired, and we didn't have health insurance. I mean, if not for Redline, we'd be up to our eyeballs in debt. So it worked out, and I'm grateful it worked out, and as much as I love to talk about how hard this is on Charlotte, Charlotte loves this. Or she loves enough of it. She must, right? Just go out for one night. Just clear your heads. He seems relatively benign. I'll watch him for you guys. You do that? Of, of course. Thanks. He likes to be worn, apparently. It calms him. <laughs> I'll remember that. Huh. Look at this. What is that? A coupon. Looks like someone dropped it. Maybe you can take Charlotte here. An Olive Garden food truck? Buy one never-ending pasta bowl and get one free. If the pasta bowl is never-ending, why would you need two? You guys inside? Come on in. Why, why, why are you wearing a trench coat? I, I, I don't know. I, I, I thought it would fit the scene, like uh, in the movies, when cops meet their sources under mysterious circumstances. I'm yeah. not a cop. I'm a forensic photographer. And I'm the chair of the City Enforcement Oversight Committee. And according to your little scenario, shouldn't we be the ones in trench coats? Uh, maybe. Yeah. I guess so. Look, I've had it for a while. It's weather appropriate. And just really wanted a reason to wear it. 
Okay, guys? Whatever floats your boat, deep throat. Did you figure anything out about that pack? I tried, but I got nothing but the runaround. Whoever's behind it has enough cash to obstruct the hell out of themselves. I do think whoever this new candidate is, they'll make an announcement very soon. What makes you think that? Leon told me. Ugh, enough with this Leon shit. I'm telling you, that's my process. You wanted to know how I was coming up with this stuff? I'm channeling Leon. Michael, just think back carefully to when you wrote the piece on the new face of the red line. Did you get any kind of editorial feedback on that? Yeah, uh, in fact, I never wrote the familiar face of red line bit. That line was all straight from the man upstairs. And who's that? He doesn't know. Nobody knows. He just sends word down from the pneumatic tubes. Seriously? How do you guys stand to work there? I couldn't. Will you consider digging around the office? There probably isn't any connection, but just in case. Yeah, uh, of course. Did you guys turn up anything here? Just an Olive Garden coupon. An Olive Garden food truck coupon. There's an Olive Garden food truck? In the north end of all places. Uh, There ought to be a law or some shit. Hmm. What? Extinction event. He's been sneaking takeout into the office in an Olive Garden bag. Not for himself, though. He sends it up the tubes. You work with a guy named Extinction Event who sends Olive Garden up pneumatic tubes? Of course you do. What about the name you got from Charlotte? Some woman named Mallory from Revere. We're heading to her address next. Wanna come? I think I might swing by that food truck, see if I notice anything off. It's an Olive Garden food truck. What isn't off? What's your favorite historical fact or story about Boston history? Uh, you know, the Boston Tea Party and then the whole Paul Revere, you know, uh, situation. And um, my in-laws were here and we went on like Boston Harbor cruise and we just learned about the North End. And what is it? Maple syrup or uh, molasses? Molasses. Yeah, we just learned about that. That's pretty cool. Horrifying if that how you, that's how you died. But that's a pretty cool one. Yeah. The great molasses flood of the North End of whatever year that was. Exactly. 19... My school used to be used to be a place for artists to come paint and practice their work, and I thought that was really cool because when you start to look at my school, you notice like this is not, this is like an art school, and and also that, but how we represent our history, how we uh, like to keep it relevant, like that we have you know the Mayflower, or that's that's more in Plymouth, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, but um, but like, and then like the uh, what's the boat? Um, the Constitution. The, the 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 boat that they did the the or the the harbor the harbor for the tea party yeah yeah just all the witch history in Salem but I do think it's funny when people ask me if I went there on a pilgrimage I'm like no I lived there I think the most interesting thing is how we kind of built up the swamp areas to create land and how the Charles River used to be very tidal and more salt water and since we dammed it off you know it's no longer tidal we can decide how high we want the river and that is just really fascinating to me that we really shaped the actual physical land it's just like oh did you go there on your pilgrimage no i lived there <laughs> it's terrible learning that there are people that are trying to fight um slavery and one weird thing is how they used to ask how they used to test slaves to see whether they're from boston or not as asked them what was on top of um city hall what was the statue on top of city hall and it was like a grasshopper i believe 
And if you didn't know, so they would assume you weren't from Boston and arrest you and drag you back to the south. Is that Faneuil Hall, the Grasshopper? Faneuil Hall, yeah. 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 Oh, just the whole hysteria of it. And also, to the fact that the entire, like, all, like, the legislation of Salem is like, no, we don't want that to be part of our history anymore. We want it to be maritime history. I'm like, no, that wasn't what happened in Salem. I guess there's the fact that the American Revolution and the, the entirety of just that war itself is a legendary, especially with the Battle of Bunker Hill and the various other battles that happened just for the, you know, just for independence here. And... I just take pride in it, I think, more than anything. I can't really think of a favorite story or a favorite thing personally, but I think just the history itself. It all came from, yeah, it all came from Boston, and I think that's uh, something that's something to be proud of if uh, for Bostonians. Like, yeah, we started all this. <laughs> Ooh, cramped in here. Is this an office, or have I wandered into a dead end? Can I help you, Miss... Ah, Mrs. Emily Bespin. You're Ms. Powell? At your service. Uh, What can I do for you? You'll have to excuse me. I'm a bit taken aback. I saw your advertisement in the paper, and it was quite eye-catching. I particularly liked the tagline, Powell Real Estate, Make the Right Move. You're too kind. Yes, well, you may change your mind once I unleash my candor. You'll forgive me, Ms. Powell, but this modest little office doesn't scream right move to me. For a woman in real estate, I'd think you could afford a more comfortable establishment. I understand it's not to everyone's taste. I don't need much, don't want much. Most of my work is done in the field. What I tell my clients is, you're hiring me so you don't have to live in a place this small. Very well, if you feel you're up for the task. I'd like to hire you. I need a new home in Redline. Redline? Really? Here is our list of requirements. The workshop should be on a lower level. Ethan makes lots of noise when he's working on all his cumbersome mechanical toys. Our budget is on the top, and as you can see, it's considerable. You'll work out most of the details, yes? We were thinking of the Kendall Square station, if it's available. It has great sentimental value to us. And what size unit were you thinking about in Kendall? Don't be silly. All of it, of course. The, the entire station? If you forgive the intrusion, how big is your family? Just myself and my Ethan boo-boo bear. Mrs. Bespin, I don't mean to tell you how to engage in your affairs, but the spirit of Redline is more about sharing space than consuming space. I've placed several families in homes where they routinely open their doors to fellow commuters. Asking for ownership of an entire station, even if that station were available, would effectively displace a whole population of residents and commuters. I know space is important to you, but if that's the case, maybe Redline isn't your best option. Space is a commodity, Miss Powell. I know that may be hard for someone like yourself to understand, what with your bread box of an office, but space goes beyond status beyond property. Space needs you to fill it with whatever you desire. It's the ultimate opportunity, the masterpiece aching for paint. You should try space sometime. I feel that space would do you a world of good. But perhaps you're correct. Perhaps it's wise to listen to your expertise, reduce expectations. I don't want my neighbors to resent me, after all. Far from it. How about a big red? 
Those are mostly sold out. Might be difficult to find an available car on the market. I, I don't mean an available car. I'm talking about the entire big red train. Mrs. Besbin, are you sure you want to live in Red Line? One hundred percent. Very well. Let me see what's available. While I'm looking this up, do you mind if I ask you what appeals to you about living in this new community? You think you know me, Ms. Powell. You think you have me all figured out simply because I choose not to live like you, because I yearn for more. Hold your horses. I didn't imply any... Yes, you did. Your questioning tone and attitude imply plenty. More than imply. And all your pesky, condescending questions reveal a mass of misconstrued assumptions about me, about what I want. That's the sign of very limited thinking. People love to pretend they have all the answers. It's very easy to know it all when you've only had to worry about the four or five feet surrounding you, ignoring the rest of the great, big, wide world out there. Mm, And what a great, big, wide world it is. (laughs) I so wish I could help you, but there are only a handful of big red units available right now, and they're all limited to one car only. You've seen my budget. Would I be able to afford to buy out adjoining big red units to give myself more space? You could, in theory, if those residents were willing to sell. What if you were willing to arrange that for me? Pay them whatever it takes to give me the space I require. If you do an adequate job, you can keep the remainder of our budget for yourself, as a bonus. A bonus? It could certainly give a big boost to your mayoral campaign. You've heard about that. Of course I have. I would think this through carefully, Ms. Powell. Follow the advice you promote with your own company. Make the right move. I have to confess the money would be helpful. But money isn't everything, Mrs. Besbin. If I bust in there and try to throw my weight around... Sorry. Throw your weight around. Push people out of their homes in exchange for a few dollars. I'm not a leader. I'm not marrow material. I'm under someone's employ. And that kind of thing is fairly transparent to redline voters. No matter how big a space you accumulate for the sake of obscurity. So, it seems like you can't help me. It seems that's so, yes. Then I'm off to find someone who can. Someone who knows how to run a business. I'm sure I'll be seeing you soon, Miss Powell. We're going to be neighbors after all. Welcome to Red Line, Mrs. Bespin. And good luck to you. You'll need plenty. If only luck were available for purchase. This is a message for Michael Tate. My name is Uriah Connolly, and I own the property at 17 Orchard Street in Cambridge. You used to squat in this unit illegally until I evicted you under what I consider to be generous circumstances. I hope this message finds you well and in a new residence that you are occupying legally with the lease in your name and not that of a deceased former friend. Speaking of Leon, 
my current tenants have accumulated some of his mail, including several letters from his brother that have arrived in all manner of interesting apparatuses. I have tried to contact Leon's other family members to no avail. Therefore, I'm down to you. If you're still in the area, I'd appreciate if you could stop by and pick up his mail and a few other scattered personal items left behind in a unit, including something that appears to be a toy puzzle box. Further, if you would contact anyone who still believes Leon to be alive and inform them that future correspondence should be more metaphorical in nature, visits to his resting place, prayers, other forms of spiritual chants, I would very much appreciate it, and so would my tenants. Thank you, and God bless. So what happened when you went to her house in Revere? Nothing. She wasn't home. She was intimidated by the popos, more like it. You guys should have brought a warrant. <laughs> Shut up. We're not cops. And even if we were, you wouldn't want to call us popos. Nobody says that anymore. 5-0, the fuzz, the man, pigs, constable blue meanies? Uh, I, all of those are super bad, but you especially shouldn't use pigs for an occupation you just accused me of holding. Shit. I did that, didn't I? Ugh, man, I'm really bad at this. <laughs> Trust me, you're, you're the first normal date I've had in forever. It's a funny coincidence that we're even here. Very deja vu. The last date I had, which was god-awful, was a tea time on the red line. It ended very abruptly after the guy called me insane for drinking Lipton. Well, that's bizarre. I'm surprised you picked it for another date. What do you mean? You picked the location. No, I didn't. Yeah, you did. You sent me this very old-fashioned invite. I mean, it was very charming, by the way. I mean, online dating can be really... You mean big. this invitation? Wait. Wait, I didn't send you that. Luisa Alvarez. Yes? Wait, are you... Do I know you? What's with the balloons, man? And the colonial garb? December 16, 1773. Patriots gather with boxes of tea. Tossed overboard to challenge the Brits. Can't tax us into silence without a fit. Oh, God, not again. Again? So we hope you're enjoying your tea. Do not forget our important history. Representation is needed or else you will see the bitter revenge of the lottery. Ow! I can't see! It, it, it got in my eyes! Uh, here, take this! Oh, uh, oh God, I, I'm, I'm sorry. They, they just said to deliver these to you. Uh, I had no idea. I, I didn't know the balloons would explode. It, is that... Is that gunpowder? It's tea, you idiot. Look! It's in the next car over there, too. Everyone's on the floor. Hey there, folks. Sorry for the full stop. The window's covered with tea leaves. Can't see a thing. I had this delivery at work. All these balloons. I thought it was a bit odd. Said it was for my birthday. Figured some considerate person was thinking of me early. Anyway, it seems like I was right to be suspicious because these balloons, they exploded, and now I've got dried tea bits all in the controls, covering the window, can't see the signals, can't see a damn thing. Might be a bit before we proceed to the next stop, so apologies about that. Sit tight, check your phones, and if you're on the way to work, make sure to submit your travel expenses to the lead car for compensation. You need to tell me everything about who hired you. Everything. I, I had 
I had no idea this would happen. I'm, I'm sorry. Start talking. And so help me God, if you do it in the form of a song, I will reach down your throat and crush your voice box in my fist. I mean, I guess we could do the song in another take. Sure. Let's see if I if I if I'll try it in a different musical style. <clears throat> December sixteenth, seventeen seventy three. Patriots gather with boxes of tea, tossed overboard to challenge the Brit. I can't do it. I can't finish that. <laughs> <laughs> like a rolling stone. <laughs> the Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Congratulations. You've reached the Amelia Project. A new life awaits. If you're not serious about this, hang up. If you continue, there's no way back. Leave your message after the beep. Enter the offices of the Amelia Project and be ready for surprises, twists and turns. Follow the Amelia team as they help their clients fake their deaths and come back with new identities. Each episode is different. Each client coming to the death-faking agency has a unique story to tell. If death and disappearances, comedy and crime, mystery and magic sounds like your cup of... Coco, The Amelia Project is the podcast for you. Search for The Amelia Project wherever you find your podcasts. And remember, leave your message after the beep.